0: They say there's never a good guy with a gun around when you need one. Well, actually, there's a lot of reasons for that, and there are a lot of times where there are good guys with a gun. But today, we're going to talk about good guys and gals without guns. Join us as we watch our culture stray further every day. What you believe about God dictates how you will think. Our philosophies dictate how our culture behaves. Politics is simply the enforcement of cultural norms. The truth claims about God, philosophy, culture, and policies will affect what we value. When these things are in alignment, revival is possible. Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. Joining me today in studio are uh, Josh, starting off. Josh, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, fine, sir. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to have you here. Sitting in the chair of theology. That is correct. Dealing with the reason why we believe what we believe. Thank you. And to his left, we got Mr. Charlie. Good morning. How are you doing? We are excellent. We're ready to go. Glad to have you in the chair of philosophy. Dealing with the rigor that the Christian must bring. And to his left, we got Mr. Steve.
1: You bet, buddy. I'm going to be... Trucking down this road down today on the chair of theology, my man.
0: Culture, culture,
1: uh, yeah, culture. I'm sorry culture. about that. More man, coffee it, it required. Confuses me every time I hear Charlie <laughs> talk about we. it Keeps having two people sitting over there. I know. <laughs>
2: well, it's just me myself and I hope every time. I, I don't
0: know. I don't I keep know. Looking. I don't know over what's going on here. only see one person. <laughs> I think we have a we got a demon going on going to the left. We got Jennifer.
3: <laughs> Hello. It's Been a while. Yeah, good L- to be
0: back. Glad to have you there in the chair of politics. Yeah. Government is a God ordained institution. Why wouldn't you want the Christian uh, culture to be running it? And yours truly sitting in the chair of economics. There is a value structure to this world, and you should be looking at the heavenly value. Now, commonly, folks will say there is never a good guy with a gun. Well, according to stats, ninety four percent, and you can see this in the link in the description below from Breitbart. uh, Breitbart, rather. Man, I need some coffee. Uh, (laughs) Breitbart, 94% of all mass shootings occur in gun-free zones, so-called. And by the way, we're going to be pointing some of those out today as we're reading. They aren't noted in the 2000 through 2018 FBI stats that we're basing most of these out of. However, uh, you can infer pretty quickly which ones were gun-free zones, based on location and the activity of the, uh, for lack of a better word, first responding citizen. So let's talk about what happens today when you do not have a gun. What are citizens required to do? They're required to face the gunman without one. Now, going around the room, we're going to just go ahead and jump in today, right into the stories. I want to go ahead and start with Josh. Josh has story one
4: story one in the early morning of April 23rd, 2001 before any children had been picked up for school in San Jose, California CP went to the bus barn where she had worked for for the better part of a decade and began murdering her co-workers she successfully killed a driver trainer and wounded three other ladies before Gregory Allen Lee another driver caught her attention and ultimately restrained CP until the police could arrive, saving an
0: untold number of lives right. Link in the description below. But I want to go ahead and start around the room. When you have a coworker like this, this is a bus barn. So th- what kind of property is this? A school. Who is gun-free allowed zone. to carry... It's a gun-free So Exactly. So where are what are you left with? Um, broomsticks and- or whatever
2: you can get. And feet. it's not much of a defense mechanism against artillery if well <laughs> that's a strong word, sorry. Ammunition.
0: In this case, Gregory Allen Lee walked up to this lady who was a Filipino American who'd been there since nineteen ninety five working and said so, you know, he pulled her down and said, Whoa, whoa. And she, she has a gun on him and he's like, Whoa, put it down. And for some reason she did. Uh, After murdering the driver, trainer, I assume was her supervisor, probably the person she had a beef with, and shooting three of the ladies. He should have been another stat. He should have been another stat. Thank God he wasn't. And you know, that's amazing that that
1: guy was able to do that. That is absolutely a God God moment moment right there. That... uh, was on his side
0: i mean just absolutely there's just no other way to explain that it's a wonderful blessing and we'll look at the ones that are stopped by the way at the 2000 to 2018 stats it was approximately 125 127 were stopped by officers approximately uh um, and i'm just just going by rote here trying to remember approximately 98 were suicides and about 46, 47 were stopped by citizens. The lion's share of these were people jumping onto the shooter because we're going to read about some of these that are school shootings in a moment where they had to jump on the shooter to stop them. So with that said, let's go ahead and get to the next one.
2: Okay. Near lunchtime on July twenty eighth, 2003, a disgruntled employee, R.B., the Kanawha school board attempted to set his supervisor ablaze with a bucket of gasoline 10 minutes into the school board's meeting. After his match failed delay, R.B. resorted to his rifle, but was restrained by onlookers before he could inflict fatal wounds. These onlookers had to restrain R.B. without the aid of a firearm as they were at a school board meeting. One lady suffered
0: gunshot trauma to the gut. So let's go ahead and break that down for just a moment. You have someone who's intending arson, and he's got an AR, it was an AR in this case, underneath his trench coat. He walks in with three buckets of gasoline. He walks in with three buckets of gasoline, and it, kind of a weird, weird play, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened with this match. Maybe it was too wet to light. I don't know. But This is someone who had had an argument with a supervisor and the superintendent. And his intention was to murder them in the most gruesome way possible. And if he couldn't do it with the gas, he had the gun. Who stopped him? Parents. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a moment. That's kind of an interesting... Interesting thing, considering what we just saw with Uvalde. Another gun-free zone, and what do they do? They bring
1: in a gun and buckets of gas. Um, Who who are the ones that pay attention to gun-free zones, and who are the ones that don't pay attention to them? We know who those are. Criminals don't. Law-abiding citizens do.
0: Oh, and by the way, if you have the temerity, we're not going to talk about him today, but if you have the temerity of the guy up in, um, was it Michigan or Indiana, where he carried a legally carried firearm into a not legally permissible space, you will be sued. It is bad. He is being sued. Yep. So just put that one in the thought process, you know, in the brain bank for a minute, but we're going to move on. To the next story after a long and hard night of
1: seething jealousy a jilted man AC arrived at his estranged wife's place of work the morning of July 28 2003 with a handgun he killed the owner of gold leaf nursery and one of his wife's co-workers after he had ended his wife's life AC had a hard time Figuring out which man was his wife's lover and never had the chance to do so before AC could reload, two employees jumped AC and subdued him. So,
0: so again, kind of hard to know whether that was a gun-free zone. That might be, you know, workplace incidents, kind of give or take, depends on what the boss says. But let me ask you a question do you want to take away the right from a woman to protect herself in cases like this where you have an abusive, angry spouse or boyfriend?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, think about it, Jennifer. I do. Would you want that to happen? it's,
3: It's a scary thought. I mean... White no child. matter what uh, you know Hollywood wants to put out there, this it whole femme fatale thing with the women who are gonna kick the butt of some dude. It just it doesn't exist. You know, oh. it, it you have to have an equalizer, and that is a gun. There's we nothing
0: the she hulk. There's nothing oh my gosh. <laughs> she she <Get> schmalt- out. <laughs> uh there's nothing that mechanically equalizes men and women like a firearm. Correct. There's nothing like that, and when you have someone who does intend you harm, you know you, you you've got those those what was it? Twenty two killing stabbings in Canada. Again, <laughs> link link in the description below. Went on for a week. One of right. them offed himself, and the other one was at large for a long time. I'm not sure if they've caught him or not. I don't know if anyone here's heard, but you've got an opportunity. In these nations that regulate your your gun rights, you've got an opportunity for someone to knife twenty some odd people, and there is no recourse. I mean, you know, you hear someone scream in in a suburb in in Texas, someone's coming out with a gun. You you, you know, even if you are that 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 Prius driving, liberal toting flag toting, you know, anti gunner, you know that someone in your neighborhood. If you scream loud enough, you scream rape or you scream murder loud enough, someone's going to come out with a gun. You don't have that in nations that don't have your right to self-protection enshrined. You don't get that.
3: You don't have that in some states.
0: Yeah. Indeed. I was going to say, if you,
2: California and New York are top of the list there. That's a, As a matter of fact, of all the states... Those two states are states that if you do have a firearm, you better know exactly what you you are doing when you pull a trigger. Drag them into the
0: into the house is yes. the is the joke. They, they they
1: will get you. And look at Chicago. Yeah. I mean the the murder rate in Chicago is astounding. I mean it just it it keeps getting worse every single. Year.
0: Some some weekends you lose twenty something people. Some weekends Absolutely. you lose twenty something people. That
1: doesn't count the, the the amount of shootings that go on. That's just the number of murders.
0: Yes, and so we're we're going to talk about that more in depth because there are a couple of stories today, and we're we're making this a two parter today because there's just too many. I wanted to go through fifty two today, and uh, I caught myself last night and said, you know what, Let, let's do each one of these with some quality and some care, and let's treat each story with the with the value that it has. So we're we're, we're, we're going to slow down a little bit, but we're going to do, do a total of 20 stories today, 10 for you, and then 10 next week. We're starting with those who did not have the ability to defend themselves with a firearm. They did not have an equalizer. And spoiler alert, some of these people don't make it. Okay, so if you've got kids in the room, we are going to be talking about that. Just know, uh, kids are already exposed to this. Just going to add that out there as well. Moving on to the next story.
3: After suffering from alleged bullying by Seth Bartell at their school, J.M. brought a 22 caliber pistol to Recori High School and fired on Seth twice, one of those missing and striking another boy, Aaron Rollins. After escaping momentarily, Bartell was shot in the forehead by J.M., who went on as if to continue the shooting spree. Mark Johnson, a P.E. teacher, confronted J.M., who raised his gun to shoot Johnson. Johnson literally raised his hands and said no, and J.M. surrendered.
0: You want to talk about someone having courage? That's it. Steel right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I. I'm not going like to, to say the rest, but try not to do that. <laughs> but no, you you have someone who is showing an extreme amount of valor there, and you know he you know that this exactly. man had a relationship with the kids. By the way, this is the guy. Mark Johnson is the type of guy that they would say, "No, he can't carry a gun." In that case, Mark Johnson is exactly who I want to be carrying a gun because he has the restraint, he has the intelligence, and he also has the relationship. But he didn't need to be defenseless.
2: And and you know what's interesting here, John, this one Arthur, made it. Of all the people right here in this scenario, that is perfectly within his right to shoot. Mister Johnson was, and he he held off. And and what I'm trying to say there is that everybody with a gun will react differently, but many will act
0: responsibly. Well, Johnson didn't have one in this case. And this okay. is okay. That's, Johnson that's, did
1: not. Okay. You're talking another gun-free zone,
0: another one. Again, so far we're three confirmed, one not confirmed. So, again, these are the people that they would say are incompetent to carry. Okay. And I'm sorry that whenever you come down to an issue of rights, you want to look at. And, and again, I I dislike saying conservative. I'm talking about godly values versus godless values, okay? You want, you, you want to put a name on it? Democrat-Republican, okay? Republican values are not necessarily godly values, but godly values are largely represented in the Republican <coughs> umbrella. You want to understand godly values say that you have to make the decision, and that's between you and God. You make a bad decision, you do an evil thing, and you're judged. Underneath the laws that are being proposed by those on the left, you are not capable of making the decision. Therefore, daddy government, God, must intervene, the God of the government. So, actually, I kind of want to throw that around the room, just kind of midway into this. Chair of Theology... When you've taken away someone's God-given rights and the government is no longer recognizing those, but instead bestowing, say, in the entitlement of police protection, what does that say about our view of God?
4: So whenever we see the government abusing their rights or they're not enacting correct policies, I think we have a really good historical precedent for this. And in fact, we have a good historical precedent of when the church is being terribly run, and we see that with the with the state run church back in the uh, back in the Reformation period, where these people are supposed to be the people taking care of the community, and they're supposed to be taking care of their citizens, but they weren't. And in fact, if they disagreed with them, they would kill them, and and they would do it in some pretty gruesome ways. Talk about burning with gasoline. They would burn you. They would hang you. They would, they would do whatever to you. They would, they would kill you for disagreeing. And that's an instance of a government not protecting its citizens, and and ultimately abusing their rights.
0: Well, and what you saw with the Inquisition was the non-Catholics being burned by the Catholics. And, and I'm not digging at the Catholics right now. No, I'm saying. In that system where you're talking, the government has ascended itself to God, God's level, God's state. And now that they have decided that they are God, that the Pope now can change what the Bible says, now they had the power to say it is rightful and just to kill infidels.
4: Another gentleman I wanted to bring up, biblical example of someone who did not protect his people was Saul, Ooh. King Saul. Specifically, you go look at what happens whenever David flees from Saul, and you go to 1 Samuel 22. What does Saul do to the Levites and to the priests? He slaughters them. Because he thinks that they were with David, or they're for David. I mean, that's a blatant example of him not protecting his people, and instead, when they disagreed, he he enacted violence upon them.
0: Taking God's position. Mm. Taking God's position. Moving over to the chair of philosophy, what does this do when we take out of context the authority that God has given government, and we actually recontextualize it in the form of secularism, man is God? What does that do to the value of the and I'm stepping on my chair a little bit here—what does that do to the value of the human being, and how does that affect our culture downstream? Ooh.
2: I believe it ultimately ends up where only the the fittest survive. Only the strongest survive. You get you get to a point where you are making choices about who can and who cannot, and that's exactly what we're seeing in America today. One of the the things that I think is interesting to note, and I am not looking to divide people here. I am just asking you to step back and listen, listen to what one side is saying. Listen to what the other side is saying and you can start to differentiate exactly what we're talking about here. And ultimately this person is is okay, this person is not. You're gonna you get to the point dare I say it, where you take on a a Hitler esque type of
0: attitude. And I I I just want to contextualize this in the conversation of today. You're saying that only the police not the teachers, not the individuals, who are in these situations, can carry, because only the te- only the police have the blessing of the state. Yep. And just to contextualize it, and so now they're saying that these citizens who are wearing a badge are the only citizens allowed to carry because they are walking underneath the instruction of the government. Yep. So what what has that done? That's taken. That's that's taken you, a lot of lives. Y- yeah. And, yep. and we'll talk about a couple more of those in a moment. Just to the culture, we'll, we'll dig in this a little bit more later, but what happens when you take away people's God-given rights and values, the value that they have, the, their ability? You see that they can't protect themselves. What does that do? Does that create a culture of victims or victors when you take that away? You create a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you create a culture
1: of victims because it was like a little thing that I heard one time that said uh, you know trouble is right there upon you when it is the police are minutes away evil is happening, <clears throat> excuse me throats is seconds when the." Police are minutes away. you got to wait on them when bad things are happening to you right then. And by the time they get there, all they're there to do is write a report. Mm, Because it's already happened, and they're gone. You either end up being robbed or family members or the whole family is killed. And that has happened so many times. So So many times. You see it on a...
0: TV, all you got to do is look it up. (coughs) Absolutely. So that brings the question, Who again, who is more evil? Who is more evil? The person, the bad guy with a gun, or the people who demand that we disarm folks and make them open targets for the bad guy with a gun? Who is more evil? Just a thought. Just think about that. Moving on mm, to the chair of politics.
1: I answer there.
0: Mm. Moving on to the chair of politics. Again, and sort of glazed a little bit of this with Mr. Charlie and the chair of philosophy. But government is there to provide an umbrella. It's supposed to provide a shield, and it's supposed to provide certain protections for the individual's. What happens when there's a godless culture running the politic? What does that do to our policies, and what falls out from that?
3: Well, when we have you know godless people in, at the head of our government, it it leads to the society that we see around us. We have, in in large part, people have lost their way. They have lost the moral north star because their leaders have not uh, have devalued it so much. And and I think that we can see this example, Josh was talking about Saul, you know, the first king of Israel, the the establishment of this government. What was the reason that Israel wanted a king? Because he was supposed to go before them and fight their battles. He was supposed to be the protector, and as Josh pointed out, right away they are failing in that role. They are, you know, Saul is killing his own men. The famous story with David and Bathsheba, well, an interesting, you know, tidbit that people gloss over sometimes, when David was on the roof and he saw Bathsheba, he was left behind while his army was out fighting. That's the exact opposite of what he should have been doing. So, his lack of obedience led to this one of the most famous stories of sin in the whole Bible because he did not go out before his people to war. He was put in this position to fail morally. And I think that you can apply that principle here when when we have leaders who are failing in their responsibility for various reasons, whether they're nefarious or not, it leads to the fall of morality.
0: Mm. And even worse, the institutionalization of, of those bad morals.
3: Yeah, it, it, it becomes, it, it's exactly what the Bible says. They call evil good and good evil. It's a total flip.
0: And so what you ultimately have there is the seed and breeding grounds for the government picking and choosing who has value. And that's what you alluded to. Yep. And that's what you alluded to earlier. So here to the chair of economics, what you ultimately have is the government deciding who has value and who has rights and it's somewhat arbitrary cuz some of these politicians i don't think they really think it through i think they are primary i think there i think there are a lot of people with a d behind their name in congress and senate who actually do want to see less children die in school shootings i really do i really do i don't hold that against them What I do hold against them is that we all have a problem. We can see that there's a problem. There's not a single conservative that wishes children to die in schools. The question is not, do we or do we not, do you want children to die or not? That's not the question. The question is, what's the solution? How do we go about building a society that mitigates this or removes it entirely? And we have two wildly different worldviews and wildly different value systems. So what you end up with is politicians, because there's nothing else in their argument. Politicians with a D behind their name, and a lot of R's too, by the way, will go and say, they'll stand on the graves of the children, they'll say, if you do not agree with my policies, which, by the way, always institute more government power, more police, less ability for you to protect yourself, If you don't agree with these policies, you hate children. That's not tenable. That's not tenable. Moving on to the next story. We're going to get a few more of these done today. Story number five. At roughly 10.30 a.m., Jr. walked into Columbia High School with a rage and pain that he wanted to spread, carrying a 12-gauge shotgun and the ammo to do so. Thankfully, Jr. only got off two shots only managing to wound one of his teachers in the leg, shotgun to the leg, not fun, before assistant principal, uh, do not have his name here, could tackle JR and subdue him. Police and SWAT were there just a few minutes later. Just a few minutes later. Let's think about that. What would happen if that assistant principal hadn't charged that boy who was wielding a shotgun, had already blown the leg off a teacher, who survived? But they got it early because the shooter po- planned poorly, and because that that <clears throat> teacher or that assistant principal rather had the fortitude to tackle a kid with a shotgun. Like
1: I mentioned earlier, bad
0: things are happening in seconds. Police are minutes away. All you have bad. in these scenarios is yourself. That's right. All you have is yourself, and they want to take that away. They want to take away your self-reliance. Moving on to the next story. Josh, can you get that for me, sir?
4: <clears throat> story 6. February 13, 2005, a quiet Sunday morning at the Hudson Valley Mall was interrupted by a black-clad 24-year-old RB. Despite shooting 20-year-old Army recruiter in the knee and a 56-year-old man in the hand, RB managed to miss everyone else and was eventually tackled by employees.
0: So thank God that most of these shooters aren't smart. Thank God most of these shooters are bad shots. Bad shots. <laughs> but you you're in a mall. What do most malls have up on on their doors? Gun free zones. 30 6 or 30 7 signs or 30 out 5 now in Texas you have a 30 out 5, which means that you can't that's a 30.06 or 30.07 means no concealed, no open carry, respectively. And 30.05 is no constitutional carry. So if there's a 30 out or 30 out 5, they're specifically targeting you out if you don't have a uh, permit. So Again, you've got a situation where you have a mall full of people, and thank God, you know that there there are stories. There was one of the ladies that started in the Best Buy and it made its way out into the mall. Thank God that the guy, the guy missed almost everyone in the Best Buy, and in frustration he went into the mall. There were ladies that two inches, two inches he missed them, but thank God. It was relatively small, still considered a mass shooting. By the way, you guys are noticing when they say there's been a thousand mass shootings this year in 2022, this falls under that category for 2005, okay? This falls underneath that category. So this would be considered a mass shooting. Just so you know, I'm I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm also saying it wasn't 30 kids, just so that we know. Moving on to the next story, Mr. Charlie.
2: On the afternoon of November 8, 2005, KB was called into the administrator's office of Campbell County Comprehensive High School for yet another weapon infraction. This time, however, it was a twenty-two caliber that KB had brought to school. Upon being confronted, KB shot and killed an assistant principal and shot two other faculty. He was restrained by students and teachers until police took him away. He was later released from prison, only to be in and out of prison with some charges including domestic abuse and allegedly killing his girlfriend's toddler. He is at large as of 2019
0: due to multiple miscarriages of justice. So, by the way, some of those other charges included breaking into Salvation Army, uh, drug charges, and by the Previous weapon infractions included, but not limited to stabbing people in the hands. Uh, so, no one wants to see a 14-year-old on death row. But there are some 14-year-olds who, I'm sorry, you kill people. There's a biblical justice. There were a thousand witnesses in this case, literally 1,400 or 1,100, however many were in that school, saw this boy ultimately kill the principal.
1: Think about this, John Arthur. He was brought in for yet another weapons infraction. Because he committed several. Dude,
0: another weapons infraction? The second one? He shouldn't have even been in school. Come on. So you you've got someone there and, and we can beef on the public education system I'd rather not uh, at this time. But you've got something where you cannot discipline the children and you are forced to keep them there. That should be rectified one. Two. You have someone that you know is a problem and you le- you let him unleash him back on the world kills a 3-year-old toddler, his girlfriend's toddler. They, refu- they declined to press charges because they felt sorry about his past as a school shooter is all that I can tell I, I want to push back
2: on just one thing there most public schools today if they have a student like this that has exhibited this kind of behavior they get sent to a special school
0: most of them I agree
2: there's a little more oversight um, if you will so that's that 's ultimately where this young man should have been, and it's it 's sad to see this it, it It really is and i'll tell you, John Arthur, the one thing that goes through my mind the the poster child for all school shootings
0: has to be columbine well it 's certainly the one that so many people modeled themselves after, yeah. several of the people on this list yeah. actually josh
4: exodus twenty one is the president that John Arthur was mentioning. Anyone who assaults and kills another person must be put to death. But if it was simply an accident permitted by God, I will appoint a place of refuge where the slayer can run for safety.
0: And how long did they have to be in that place of refuge for their safety?
3: Until the high priest died.
0: Basically for life. It was a... The only prison that you'll see in the Bible, the only argument you can make for a prison... And it's a very soft prison, it is a city of refuge. It's the only argument that you can make for a prison being in the Bible. And it's not a prison. It's a place for someone who committed manslaughter to find refuge. But thank you. Very good, very good pull out there.
1: And and think about this. In in this instance, this is the perfect time for thinking about why wasn't a armed security in with this situation with this guy or this kid because he's being brought in because
0: of another weapons infraction we can't we can't do that i'm saying we can't do that we can't have armed school resource officers we don't want our kids to feel like they're in a prison spoiler they already do yeah yeah I'm just saying,
3: spoiler (laughs) alert,
1: they already do. Here we are. Here's this guy who's brought in once already for weapons infraction. He's being brought in again because he's got a weapon on him. How come we don't have some kind of armed security there with him because he's bringing a gun to school for who knows why, obviously for some nefarious reason. When he's being confronted by someone without a weapon, perfect reason why you need armed security at a school. Can't do that. Oh, no, we can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that that kind of thing. We don't have problems. Yeah, Josh.
4: Refuge. So if you also want a verse for the refuge cities that explains it more in detail, you can go to Numbers 35 or Deuteronomy 19.
0: So, again, it's a really good read because you see that God in his love – and understanding set that up for people who committed manslaughter, and I don't think manslaughter should be a death penalty offense unless it was reckless negligent manslaughter. Um, people should understand that that accidents do happen, and there is there is hope. There is hope for restoration in a in a righteous society, but that's only if what you've done is not so evil. It's not so evil that it it deserves death. I'm sorry, you, you only get to sexualize a child once. You only get to put a bullet in someone that kill, and puts them down once. You only get that once. That That's a line that we cannot have people walking around. We just can't, because then we have the fallout. Moving on to the next story. Mr. Steve. Before
1: the bell rang at 9 a.m., at Pine Middle School. Jensees Fagan heard the student yell at JN. And JN fired three rounds into two different 14-year-old girls who survived. Fagan had the courage to confront JN and demand that he put the gun down and wait for authorities. JN heeded Fagan's prompting another gun-free zone
0: exactly i don't want to take away from from miss fagan because she had no way of knowing that the revolver was now empty she had no way of knowing but it was empty and that's probably what saved her life Hmm. now what she did is just as heroic nevertheless but the fact that she's not a statistic was probably because uh J.N. was given a collection. He had picked up a collection of assorted rounds from his father, uh, and he stole his mom's 38 out of uh, snub-nose, out of her safe, and he took it to school. He said he did not want his father present during the proceedings, the legal proceedings, because his father had been abusing him at home, and this was his way of getting out of the abuse from his father. He wanted to prove that he was a man couldn't shoot his own dad, but he could sure shoot these two 14-year-old girls. So, <laughs> that there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of problems to unpack there. But the last thing that I want is someone with the courage of Miss Fagan to be blown away because he had a fourth round. He shot three at the girls, emptied the revolver. She didn't know. One way or the other. It's Russian roulette at that point. But think about that. You've got a situation that's an ongoing abuse story, mm-hmm. and you've got a father issue here. You have a serious father issue here. And I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's plus 80%, I believe. It's plus 70 or plus 80% of school shooters did not have a good father, or had no father, or had an abusive father. One of those one of those things. The
2: breakdown of the family is at the core of a lot of it. The breakdown of morality is really amped it up as well. Because and we alluded to this earlier. We we've taken that which is right and said it's wrong, and we've taken that which is wrong and said it's right. We have flipped the script.
0: We've taken what God said was his to give and said the government can give or retract it. And you're seeing just a very simple, in one small slice here, what happens. You're seeing that the government can give or take on divorce or on family matters or can give or take on firearms Whenever the government sticks its hands into the things of God, what we're reading about ensues as a natural consequence. We're living in an evil world. We're living in an evil world. Understand that. You will never be free from evil as long as you are on this earth. There is no utopia. I hate to break it. Every utopia turns into a nightmare. Amen. The only utopia that will come, the only communistic structure and society that will work, is one that is based on a foundation of a one spiritedness with God. That's why he gives us his spirit. That's why he clothes us in his son's righteousness. That's the only time that you will live in in a utopia. That's why it's called heaven. But if you try to fix it here on earth, you will only cause misery. Josh, do you have something? Okay. Moving on to the next story, and this one's a hard one.
3: Angered by the disciplinary actions meted out by Principal Clang at Weston High School, E.H. walked into school at 8 a.m. on September 29, 2006, and aimed a shotgun at the social studies teacher. A janitorial staff member jumped E.H. and wrestled the shotgun out of E.H.'s hand. Upon seeing this, the staff member struggling with the student was, Principal Klang attempted to help the struggling janitor restrain E.H. E.H., however, also had a 22 caliber pistol with him, which he shot Principal Klang multiple times with. Although Klang and other staff were able to restrain E.H., Klang died several hours later from the wounds to his head, torso, and leg.
0: Right there you have a hero, and he's dead. His children got to grow up without a dad. And look, I don't know if Clang was the type of person to carry a firearm. I don't know. But in that scenario, who do you want to be carrying a gun? Just real-world scenarios. You know, I carry basically every day. And unless I tell people... Or if I just don't care and I'm letting my coat, you know, fall open, most people have no clue that I'm carrying a full sized handgun with a full size extra magazine. Okay? People don't know. People don't know when you're carrying. There's no need for a principal to let kids know. And he could have just as easily been carrying there's someone who's gone and was a hero and it's for no reason. And that's another gun-free zone. Just if we're keeping score, I think we're uh, potentially one. Potentially one where they could have been carrying and the rest were gun-free zones. Just, Mm -hmm. if you're keeping score, just know just put that on the board. Just so you're thinking about it. Last story for the day, and then we'll start to kind of feather in our thoughts. And I do want to go more to the scriptures before we're done. Story number 10. On July 27, 2008, Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church saw a shooter come in through their doors and sit down, unbeknownst to them, who he was, during their presentation of Annie Jr. He opened fire on the congregation, killing two, wounding seven before the congregants could tackle the shooter, D.A. According to the manifesto that D.A. had wrote, he had intended to shoot congregants until the police arrived, killing him. God had had the plans that day. We've got story after story of church shootings mm-hmm. where the congregants were carrying. This was a liberal congregation. By the way, just... Fully laying it out there. This was a self-proclaimed conservative in the mix. I think he was mad about his wife going to this church. I'm just laying it out there, guys. Yep. Cool, cool your jets. If you're, if you're thinking like that, you really need to you need to chill out and know who you serve as a god. But you had a guy who was mentally ill. He came into a congregation. None of them were caring. What happened?
1: Seconds versus police being
0: away in minutes. So it's really important to note, it's really important to note what matters in these stories. I do want to go towards the the biblical here, and we'll cap off both, both of these. In case you're wanting to send this to someone, we'll cap off both of these with the Scripture. I do want to focus in on uh X, starting with Exodus 22 2 through 3. Josh, if you can get that for us. I want to start off digging into the word and what does God say about this? Because that, that that's the really important thing. That's the really important thing. What does God say in his word concerning self-defense? Josh has already laid out some from Exodus 21, but 22 2 through 3 is the classic.
4: If a thief is caught in the act of breaking into a house and is struck and killed in the process, the person who killed the thief is not guilty of murder. But if it happens in daylight, the one who killed the thief is guilty of murder. A thief who is caught must pay in full for everything he stole. If he cannot pay, he must be sold as a slave to pay for his theft.
0: So, that lays out a few things, and I don't want to go into the slavery issue because that word has a charge on it since the 1600s, 1500s of the African slave trade, not indentured servitude, and that was a way of paying off money. I don't want to get into that, but suffice it to say, the Bible does not condone the African slave trade. Just got to always put that dot on there. If the thief, if it happens in daylight, if the thief is running out the door, it's murder. What does that say about, about our standard? What kind of standard should that create for us?
3: It's about preservation of life. If, if you are in danger, then you protect yourself and you protect your family. If the coward is running away, then you leave it to the proper delegated authorities.
0: You can pursue them, or you can have the authorities pursue them, but your objective is not eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. Do not repay evil with evil, Christ said. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the standard, Mr. Steve A. I... Yeah, you dial 911
1: and let the police come in minutes to uh, deal with the guy running away. Let them find him. Bring the helicopters and the dogs
0: and Absolutely. let them find him. So Luke eleven twenty one. 21. I don't know if you can get that from me, Mr. Charlie. You have that handy?
2: Yeah. And I'm going to read this. Out of the King James and also how we've got it worded. I think it's going to relate well. Uh, When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. I want to read it the way that we wrote it down here. When a strong man fully armed guards his own mansion, his property is safe.
0: And it's really clear that we're allowed to do that. Josh, what is the spiritual context of that verse. Do you remember?
4: No. What, what was it?
0: We're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's, it's which, Jesus and Beelzebub. It, well, it's after, and Jesus is talking about uh, ultimately his kingdom and the spirit that he'll set up within us. Mm-hmm. If Christ was going to use that analogy in that positive of a way, I think it lends some credence. It's just simple wisdom. It lends some credence. Moving on over to Mr. Steve, can you get Isaiah forty nine twenty five 25 for me, please? Yes.
1: Who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let
0: his captives go? So, if it's important for us to protect our families, and we'll see that precedent in Nehemiah, we are not to be tyrants but a strong man guarding his house, his goods are secure. The thing it doesn't say there is also his children, his wife, or her husband and her children are secure. Correct. It doesn't say that, but that that is the implication. Moving on to Luke 22, 35-37, if you can get that,
3: Jennifer. Yes. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you out to preach the good news, and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true.
2: Boy, what a set of verses right there. Mm -hmm.
0: So, think about that for just a moment. We're going to go ahead, and we're going to go ahead, and I want to get everyone's final thoughts. We're going to tie it together. In part two of this, we've got more verses that we want to cover, and starting off with the finishing part of that verse, but... Cliffhanger, spoiler, wait till next week. Or you can just read Luke 22, 38 through 39. It'd be good for you. Uh, but <laughs> read the whole chapter, read the whole book. Uh, let's go ahead and go around the room. I want to get some some closing thoughts from theology. What we're seeing here is a secondary religion, secularism. And all too long, the church has sort of played this game that we can somehow subdivide public life from our theology. What is wrong with that? What breaks down? This this mass shooting thing is just a symptom Mm -hmm. of that. What breaks down theologically when you say, I can lead a public life in secularism, worshiping humanism, man, but I can also worship God in private?
4: Yep, that's a classic case of dualism. And, with dualism, it's wanting to have both your hands in, in in a pot. So you want to have one hand in the pot of the world, you want to have one pot, one hand in the pot of the word. This becomes a really big conflict of interest, and I find it very peculiar to me when I see in the current culture that there are Christians in Christendom that are okay with certain policies, such as abortion, such as not being able to protect your family, or gun control in certain instances, other 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 instances of uh, homosexuality I, I mean i could go down the list of of the, u- universalism i mean tons of things tons of things that are unbiblical uh, that are actually i an- will make a case anti-biblical and yet there's people who are subscribed to them and so what you have is confusion and i think that's one of the biggest things that we see today in the in the current christendom is that there is a lot of confusion on these issues nobody really knows what to believe on these issues and the reason for that is cuz not too many people are in the word. I can't I was watching a podcast or not a podcast but a sermon clip from a, a Paul Washer sermon and he made a really good point cuz somebody had asked him the question of how do I get and how do I make reading the word a daily practice? And he said something to the effect of well if you don't read this word then you have to understand that you're going to die. Now, mind you, whenever I taught I taught on Sunday school about this principle, I didn't watch this video, I promise. I didn't watch this video prior to watching it. It, it popped up in my inbox. The algorithm is strong. but
0: Google's but, listening.
4: They're all listening. But But the point being this, if you're not picking up your word, you are going to die. And that's the way that we should view the importance of knowing this word. So, if we want to know how to answer these questions about gun control or homosexuality abortion topics we've covered to a very deep 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 corner on this podcast then we need to be prepared with the
0: word amen amen
3: well i mean we're talking about self-defense here and in our spiritual life what is the word it's our sword That is our defense.
0: I I was thinking the same thing. And so I I, I definitely want to get over to philosophy because I know that's where he's going. And I would (laughs) like philosophy to... to I I will say this. I I totally
2: agree with that and appreciate you jumping in on that. The other thing that you caught me there with, John Arthur, that I think is is huge in, in our responding to this, you said that the shootings are a symptom yes absolutely spot on right and here is where we are screwed up and i'm talking as as christians when they're thinking some of the things that that josh has talked about you must ascertain what the root cause is and we are not doing that and the reason we are not doing that is because we're not invested in the word
0: Our thinking is wrong because our value system is wrong, the core, our theology.
2: So I'm not laying this issue at the feet of the world. The world is going to do what the world does. It is upon the church to have an effect on the people around us. Amen. Josh. Sorry,
4: I, I I forgot to mention, this one right here is the big, I will make a case, being one of the biggest things that is plaguing the church right now. And it's the, fa- it's the fact that the church is embracing critical theory. Amen. The Amen. church needs to stop embracing that critical theory, Amen. because what it's, ends up happening really soon after is what is right is now wrong, and what is wrong is now right. Well, and you don't know, and, and the thing is, you will convince yourself so deeply that what is right is wrong.
0: Well, it's secular humanism at its core, Yes, right? And what what that comes from is it, you have a cesspit of a culture that is brewed. And so I want to go over to that chair, the chair of culture, wrapping up, wrapping up thoughts. When you have a culture whose thinking is wrong because their theology is wrong, ultimately you have people who do not know why the bad things that are happening are happening. So when someone comes along with a correct theological solution or a correct political solution rather let me rephrase that it's coming from a theological source what is the culture how's the culture going to react to that they're going to scoff at it aren't they
1: pretty much most of the time especially the the way the culture is going today if you're your political View is coming from a theological view. What you have in majority of the culture today is most people go, Oh, hey, we can't have that. That's theologically minded. We need to have something that's, you know, it's an immediate. We can't have it like that because it, you know, no, we can't have something that's set up in a theological basis. We got to have it worldly
0: religious so that it goes secular here and I say what
1: everybody's thinking <laughs> that way everybody it 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 helps everybody and you know we don't want to offend anybody especially these all these different wheels that are squeaking because yes. you know we got we got to worry about all these squeaky wheels we can't worry about the majority here wait wait wait
3: Religious, secular,
0: humanists say what?
3: Again, I'm I'm just gonna say. I mean, you've got the
0: pot calling the kettle black there, but very good. Move it on to the chair of politics. Once you have a culture that is not informed by good theology and good thinking, and they're going to go ahead and enforce and institutionalize these ideas politically, what do these new laws? Ultimately, represent and what are they going to cause?
3: They represent, I think, men taking the place of God. They think that they can do better than the system that God laid out. They think that they're smarter, their ideas are better, they're going to work better, you know, they're going to be nicer to everyone, more inclusive, um, but what they don't understand is, you know, <laughs> it's not like what they think is going to help people is going to hurt them. They think that they're helping people by, you know, supporting homosexuality. Homosexuality is harmful to the person. And that is one of the reasons, I mean, you've said it multiple times, God doesn't make stupid rules. He didn't set this up for no reason. The way that he established his, the way that that government should be, the way that law should be, it's there for a reason, and it's because that is the system that will produce, and I don't like the word happiness, but it will produce the best society and the best people, and when we lose sight of God, then we throw that all out the window, and we try to reinvent the wheel, and it fails miserably, and people are miserable, and people get hurt every day.
4: Can I tell you the funny part about the, the the people think throwing out the bible is going to produce kindness? I recommend you please go look at the this video. I'm not a big crowder guy. Go but go please look at what happened in Ro- Roanoke, Texas. Yes. Please go check that out and you go tell me are those people with those guns are they kind? And by the way, those He's people about- I support their right to have that gun and carry that openly out, but the way that they were doing that, they were that is intimidating completely. That you're, is that is straight up dictatorship. Time action.
0: You, you, you can't just say that. You, you gotta tease it all out. You have black block Antifa members walking around, intimidating the town, so that they can put on this gay drag show thing that they are putting six year olds and eight year olds having to push, you know, cartoonishly, you know, with both heels out. The kids don't want to go in, and they're pushing them in to see these men dressed in in low cuts. Quirking their hairy posteriors, and, and the
4: thing is, John Arthur, the Bible supports their right to protect themselves and have that gun, but it does not support the right to misuse that gun. Correct. And that's what we see in all these stories today.
0: Correct, and that's and that's one hundred percent.
1: See all the parents doing this. That, that's and the, the kids difference. Are going.
0: That's the difference. That's the difference right there. You just nailed it. We all have liberty in Christ to do whatever we please. We do not have the liberty to choose the consequences from those actions. Mm. You do not get to choose the consequence of your actions. You do not get to choose that. That is something that is universally present. It is fixed as the stars are in the sky. That law is fixed. It's not because God's intolerant. It's because he made it that way. You know why he made it that way? When he spoke, Jesus is the word of God, he breathed the universe into existence from his mind. His mind is a, the universe is a reflection of who God is. When it's in its orderly state, it's in its proper state. It's a, It's an expression of God in his creativity, just as a child's crayon drawing is an expression of that child's creativity. When you scribble outside the lines, you mar things, you mar things, and you no longer have a pretty drawing, okay? You no longer, and if you screw, if you go all the way off the page, guess what happens? You have Crayola marking on the carpet, and now someone has to come and clean it, okay? I'm just saying, bad analogy, you get the point. Well, yeah, but
3: but sh- art is subjective, man. Oh what if gosh. I want a color art outside is not the lines?
0: Subjective. Sometimes you got somebody's
1: <laughs> got to clean the mess up.
0: You know, I, I I had that argument with a guy. I think I think I told you about the, you guys about this off air. But I had a this art was talking about the God's moral standard. And he goes, "Well, I have a wife who's an artist, and she has lines that go this way and lines <laughs> that go that way, and you know, you know, crooked lines can be pretty." I'm like, I'm talking about there's a if, if there's a straight if you say that such a thing as a straight moral line, there has to be a metric for that line, but I lines can be pretty. Okay. I, I give up, dude. <laughs> I give up. Um, economic chair, just wrapping up for the day. Cause we do need to wrap it and pull this one in and then run it for the next week. When you take the value, we totally got off the rails there and that's fine. <laughs> but when okay. you take the value structure that Jennifer was saying, when the government takes control of what is valuable, and what is righteous and what is not, and they are meeting it out. You have now taken away the image bearer status of humans. You have reduced the value of the human. And you see this with the leading cause of death in Canada today being euthanasia. You see this with abortion. You see this with public school shootings because if they really cared, they would look at the stats. And next week, this has been a bad news week. Next week, you're going to be hearing from us on good guys with guns, so-called. And those are good news stories. Here we have principals dying, people being paralyzed permanently, crippled because they didn't have guns, and they had to jump on top of the gun to save other people. Next week, We're going to have not some victim stories, but some victory stories. So tune in then. If you like this podcast, you know what to do. If you didn't, you know what to do. Just smash that dislike button twice or any multiple of two. Okay, I'm okay if you do it uh, 1,024 times. That's fine. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, If it makes you feel better. Uh, If you want to comment, tell us below some stories that we missed. If you want some merch, okay, we got some great merch. You go to Amazon further every day, go to the merch store. We don't really make any money on it per se, but uh, guess what? You get to support the podcast, and uh, I'm not going to say that Ehud was wearing this shirt when he slayed the oppressing king in Judges, but I will say it took a long time to get the blood out of it. So (laughs) with that said... (laughs) But you know, I think
1: Abraham
0: was wearing it when he met the king's. That's why they might have that's been awesome, afraid of me. That, that 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 might be, or you know what, Sarah Sarah was wearing this, and that's why Abraham was afraid that uh, they they might find her so attractive they'll kill him for her. Uh, yeah. Okay, wow, so yeah, in, they come in multiple sexes. We are making they come it a
2: stretch right now. <laughs>
0: they come in multiple sexes. It does stretch. It does stretch. So check out the merch. Thank Very you. Very breathable. Very breathable. <laughs> Love y'all so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so if you are still here. <laughs> If you're still here, after all of that, after all of that, (laughs) if you're still here, go ahead and tell us down in the comments section, have you ever had to protect yourself from someone who was violent, with or without a gun? With or without a gun, have you ever been in a fight? Have you ever wanted to protect yourself and you found yourself maybe unprotected, or maybe you did, tell us in the comment section down below, starting around the room, and no is a fine answer. Starting around the room, Josh.
4: Never protected myself with a gun, protected myself with some fist.
0: Sometimes that's- well, it wasn't
4: even a fist. I didn't even throw a punch. I just pinned the guy to a wall because he was he was being, because he was was being like threatening to ruin my property. Perfect.
0: Hey, not bad.
2: I have not, but I'm fixing to potentially go to L.A. for a while, and I have to tell you, you're I'm nervous. You're thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need to talk to
1: you later then. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Uh, I've never had to use a gun yet, but uh, I have done a few times with my fist, yes.
3: Not on the street, but in my job. Um, I deal with a lot of sick people, a lot of crazy people, and uh, yeah, there's there's been some hands put on me before.
1: <laughs> Good right hook, will help. Yeah. <laughs> As a writer, His nurse, just imagine. hit this
3: man. Yes, no, no, no right hook. Just a, uh, just a little, uh, you know,
1: arm snapping.
3: Get that and
0: Show you a few <laughs> wrist twists. <laughs> a little bit
3: out of Advan. I heard you had a, a concussion. Way, Let me breath. fix it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I have never had to pull the trigger, but I've been twice on the correct side of the gun, and uh, once it was, you know, someone was breaking in, did not see them. The other time, uh, I was not directly behind the trigger of the gun. Uh, my father was, but we had someone breaking in house to house, going through, rummaging through. By the way, this is during, this after Ike, where we had had multiple stories of gangs coming in, and when they found people in the house, they just executed them all, moved on to the next house after taking the valuables. So we had heard these stories, and we were very concerned. Uh, we put these two guys on the ground with the security from our neighborhood and waited for the cops. And one of them I'm not big on lasers, my dad is, and and this was the one use of a laser that I fully condone. We had them on the ground with their hands on their head. These guys were hopped up on something, God only knows what, and they were armed. And one of them goes, he starts to reach around like this, and all of a sudden my father turns on the laser on the shotgun and points it right here on the ground in front of the guy's face. That hand went from here to right here, really fast. He was going down to reach, so we hadn't quite disarmed him yet. Uh, so with that said just having a good firearm knowing how to use it and using it with restraint can save lives go ahead and if you do have a firearm go get training yeah. go get yeah. training practice, Most practice shoot and by the way range is not the only thing you need to do go get training go spend $800 instead of buying that $3,000 AR buy a $600 one five thousand dollars worth of ammo and buy an $800 training course and actually use it. Fire six, 800 rounds through it so that you know how to use it.
4: Or you can buy that $60 Call of Duty game and start having <laughs> on sticks. <laughs> that said, it. love y'all no, so no, no, much. So, so, no. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Gosh, Call of Duty. <laughs>